ain't even supposed to be here right now. I ain't even supposed to be here right now. I ain't even supposed to be here right now. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh. I ain't even supposed to be here right now. That's why I got extra lives in the game shot. Look at that. Welcome to the Super Gym World Podcast, Episode 6. Don't follow the birds. They will send your ass off a cliff. <laughs> uh, today we're starting off talking about Ghost of Tsushima. Um, should be seeing some gameplay going on behind me now. And man, what an experience that came out of nowhere. Sucker Punch hit us with a hammer. I'm still like this game showed other games in the genre such as like Assassin's Creed that's a big big kind of comparison at that point because the parkour the assassin base level of what's going on that is really a big comparison for assassins but in my personal opinion this game does just really the execution better of the story the world the gameplay the one thing that i believe assassins at least um origins and odyssey that gameplay has is the parkour system the climbing in that game is superior but shit, that's one out of five things that assassins did better than ghosts. Every other like moment to moment, second to second interaction between the player and the game is defined by a single word. Fun. And I really don't want to talk about Last of Us here, but just to bring up something that Neil Druckmann says that very that still confuses me is that they don't use the word fun in the office. Bitch, how? How dare you say you don't use the term fun when last time I checked, that's what games are for. And if you're not looking to bring a fun interaction to games, then make movies. Because Ghost proves that you can do the dark shit, you can touch dark things, and still have fun over top of all of it. If you're able to still have an enjoyable experience 
above the dark story in which is damn near a, a genocidal attempt at human life. And we see a lot of death throughout the entire game. It doesn't just stop at the beginning all the way until the final scene is the question of mortality. <laughs> the whole game just deals with mortality, honor, and just natural human being shit. And you feel like not only are you attached to these new characters, because this is a new IP. Ghost of Tsushima is a new IP. These characters haven't existed before now. None of these folks have existed before now. At least to our knowledge, they're being introduced to us in this way. Everything, every person, every interaction in this game feels authentic. And like the developers gave a fuck about not just the game, but about how we experience it. And one big thing is you haven't heard nobody from the game that developed it even talking about it. They just accepting the praise and sitting back. But yet every other day leading up to The Last of Us 2 release, you saw and seen, you saw and read so many things Neil Druckmann has said about the game to try to save his ass on its execution and the decision making that was there. The story's not deep at all. The topics you wanted to touch got touched and then instantly pulled the hand away like it was too hot. Like it, it didn't go for the bang and the things that they thought that they were going for the bang on didn't cross over. It came off as, a, as a ill-fated. I didn't feel like Naughty Dog gave not that they didn't give a fuck about the execution of it, but they cared more about how Neil felt than whoever else is possibly on the team that's of importance. They care more about how they felt than the end player. They felt more about getting their point across than the end person actually holding the controller and running through the bitch for 25 hours, which it should have only been 15. The last five hours is some of the worst shit that I have ever played through. It was annoying. And that ending made me want to uppercut a goat straight in the neck. No more, no less. But this hand, I wanted to I wanted to hurt something. I'm just like, this shit is annoying. But fuck Last of Us, we're done with that. Enough negativity. I say that to say this. Ghost of Tsushima is the best PlayStation exclusive of this year which there have been a few. I'll say last year included the last great to me exclusive. I didn't like Horizon too much. I just couldn't. It didn't grab me. The world didn't grab me. God of War. When we talking about PlayStation game, when we're talking about games, bro. God of War knocked heads off. And because it has the name God of War, we already know what we're dealing with. We know what we're dealing with God mad at other gods and trying to get his way out of the situation with even more godly and spiritual fucking powers and assistance. And they went so deep in that and executed a story of humanizing a god. 
Kratos is the homie. Now, he can't be killed easily. Which means that the difficulty ramps up, especially when you are playing on the God of War difficulty. That is one of the hardest shits I've ever experienced in my life. God of War on the God of War difficulty is difficult, prime, masochistic gameplay. And yeah, you gotta be a masochist in order to enjoy that shit. Because you, like less than one hit deaths, you slip up in the combo in one wrong way and kill the wrong dude in the wrong order type situation and you got a room full of demons. If you're not sitting down and planning out your attack patterns, you're going to get eradicated. And I felt that same energy in Ghost of Tsushima. And this is where I feel that it goes to the next level because the difficulty, even though you got easy, medium, hard, they dropped a lethal difficulty about like a few days after the game came out. So new difficulty made the game harder but they also increase Jin's damage as well. So not only can the enemies one-shot shit, if you know how to float through with that blade, you can one-shot shit. So it's a trade-off at that point. And it kind of changes how you got to approach all the situations and you got to map out like here behind me, you see me literally going through and able to use the hearing to see where everybody is on the map that's in that base at that camp. You'll have in the upper left, it'll show you bonus objectives you can hit in that specific clearing mission. And that, like, they take cues from Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, in that sense to where if you execute this specific mission, you get bonus points on clearing. As soon as you clear it, bonus. I love that because they'll hit you with things like kill an enemy with a, with a weapon you don't use, like setting them on fire and getting the kill while they're on fire. Now, there's multiple ways to set enemies ablaze. Multiple ways to set them ablaze. You can light their ass up in a multitude of ways. As long as that last kill shot lands and they're on fire while they're being killed, you'll get that bonus. Boom. That shit is just cool to me. Um, the outfits... You, you can level up each one, I believe, about four times, each out, each armor set. And as you going through the armors, they don't lock you down to be all like, oh, you can only use this here type situation, or there isn't one that's superior over another set of armor. They're all useful. Specifically, the Gosaku and the Sakai armor, and you're going to get the, the Straw Hats Ronin armor, which is just like an all-black regular Ronin with the Straw Hat shit look cool. And... I'll speak on the, on the hats and the, and the mask in a minute. Uh, but when it comes to the armor sets, if like if you use the Sakai armor, you can pull up. And if you have your chain for standoffs maxed out, you can get up to like 70, 70. You can get up to seven hit with your standoff. You can clear seven enemies from a camp at the beginning if you're wearing the Sakai armor. And if you're just wearing any other armor, you'll be maxed out at three and then have to clear everything else out manually. But if you got that armor and you're just good with your timing, boom, you'll just hit the first dude. Hopefully it's not a spear asshole because those dudes are asshole. The spear dudes are asshole. The spear guys are assholes, but they are so fun to fight against. And not only that, 
with the combat, the world traversal. Now, I spoke about how Assassin's Creed has superior climbing mechanics, but then you have situations like this behind me to where you got to clear climb under a bridge or certain areas, and you'll find these ropes. And those said, signify that you can use a hook given to you by Lord Taka. He's not a lord, but that's a bad man. I love Taka so much. Won't say the level of his importance, but that's a, I love that character. And you get that, that grappler hook, bow, climbing. You're able to swing through clearings. You're able to get through areas you weren't before you got the hook. And you get the, the hook pretty pretty early, like midway through, I think, chapter two. When you're in when you're in part two of the story, you get the, the hook there. So if you see the thing that was like two shrines in the first chapter that you couldn't clear because you didn't get the hook yet. But when you get it, you can go back. Boom. You got them. And as the game just goes on, it gets more and more difficult with the traversal. So it's almost like a platforming situation. It's like a platforming game mixed in here. And you'll have these rocks that you can climb on and you'll, you'll know what they look like. They look like they got like rust and have been traveled and used. They have been used and the climbing is signifying on those getting in between them to get to your next objective. But... I just feel like Assassin's Creed did that traversal a little better just because you can climb on everything. So everything is climbable. But in this, it's only the spots that are signified that are climbable. Is that bad? No, nah, we just played Assassin's Creed so we know that it's possible to climb on everything. That's a possibility. Um, there are glitches. This game does have glitches. Um, there was one um, which is actually at the beginning of this this um cut footage here uh, i just i have one mission i literally can't complete one side mission and it is this blood stain that's outside of this hut and i go and try to investigate it but he just stares at it and locks up now the game doesn't soft lock i'm able to fast travel to another location but once i start looking at it i can't move and it stops me um that's a bad glitch there was another one that stopped me after I cleared a camp from fast traveling and doing another mission. And it was saying I was still in a mission when I had actually cleared it and it was done, saved, but the game wouldn't let me fast travel because it thought I was still in a mission. Um, and then after that, I just had to save, restart the system and that cleared up. But that one mission at that hut, I can't clear because of that glitch. And there's like a little couple other ones you could fall through um, certain areas you're not supposed to jump. So like if you jump over, let's say like a barrel or something and there's nothing to climb through, he'll just stay in stasis in air and then it'll warp him out of it. So they got a system to clear you if you are jumping in an area you're not supposed to be in. Um, I did notice that um, this camera is an atrocity. This camera is bad. And I understand why they went with that design choice, just so he will soft lock and free flow and combat between enemies. But I just feel like the fact that it's soft lock, soft locked and the camera doesn't move with him in combat. So you can actually like give you a better viewing angle of the action. Um, it's all manual. So that means if you're, if the camera is stuck in a wall, you're gonna be stuck in that wall. It's not gonna swing out so you can actually see it and give you a better perspective you manually have to focus on where the camera is at all times mid-combat to be able to see um also very slow camera and i know like that's just 
console stuff with controller i maxed out the, the sensitivity it's not that fast with that said those are my negatives for the game i have no more and i honestly only had it to where it really only took a point away from the game because everything else is done magnificently to a high level that they introduce ways to fix open world traversal to make the world fun because like even though the world is open is open it's designed so well that the world feels like a character itself you have access to fast travel to points of significance so the shrines the the, the fox um dens when you find the fox dens um always pet the foxes pet every damn fox pet every damn fox stop playing with me when I saw the numbers, we got 8.8 pointed million, 8.8 .8 million foxes petted by penis. We need more. I want those numbers to go up. More foxes need to be pet. Stop playing with me. Pet the foxes. Um, get the Inari shrines. Make sure you get them. And you got to save some birds to get unlock your flute songs. And just try to enjoy playing the game how you want to play it because that is what the main draw of the game is i got five friends and each of us played it differently and that's from a combat standpoint from how we attack the missions from how we attack the the side content and everything it just comes together in a package that is enjoyable from top to bottom I will make sure that this game's memory will live on because I am not one that that will sit down and play through a game beginning to end if I'm not like enjoying it. Like I couldn't make it through Last of Us by myself. Me and my man's had to tag out and 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 hand the controller back for because I just got irritated playing the shit. I didn't want to play the shit. I really didn't. There was nothing, and that wasn't from seeing no leaps. I'm a leap god. I know about shit before it happens. We got snitches over here. There's not no leak that's going to make my opinion shift, sway, or vary. It just doesn't happen with me like that. Now, the first Last of Us, I played Raw. I played it with no knowledge of what it is, only Uncharted. That's all I knew. I knew who was making it. I was like, okay, this is technically a different team. Let's see what they're working with. Bow. Game drops. Fuck with Joel. Fuck with Ellie. Fuck what's going on here. It's kind of kind of deep, getting emotional in some spots. And it's like, this is cool. Still like Nathan Drake more, though. But Joel is one of the baddest motherfuckers to exist. <sighs> It didn't need a sequel. I'm happy we got one just for the fans that wanted it. But after this podcast, I will not reference or speak about The Last of Us as a series again, because that's not my shit. Literally, the only reason why I even went through with playing it is just so I know what I'm talking about. I will go through that to gain the knowledge of that topic so I can talk my shit because I won't speak on nothing if I don't know what's going on there. And I know everything that's pretty much going on there and I only like about 20% of it. 
If your moment-to-moment gameplay gets old before the game is over, that's a problem. That is a problem. Because you can't tell me. There's some people that will say Mario's old. Let's take Mario 3, Super Mario 3. Mario 3 is old as Methuselah. Why are niggas still playing it? Why is why is that game Super Mario 3 speed ran with new times hit? Why is Super Mario 1 still getting times new new speed run times hit? I'm working on Streets of Rage 2 and Star Fox 64 myself. Why do those games retain playability after 20 years, G? That's not just me. I'm not alone in that. And there are folks, like I was saying a second ago, that will just look at it because it's old and they think it's outdated that it ain't still got the sauce. Um, bitch. History. These games are the template. Things that are new draw inspirations from those. Now we have outside box ideas, like how, let's take a look at Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is a game that heavily drew inspiration from the first iteration in the series, The Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System. The beta or or like pre-playable version of Breath of the Wild was built in the original Legend of Zelda engine to see if they could create an engine that has everything affecting something else. So you have fire that can burn a bush and then when that bush burns down, pop it'll pop out some sticks that you can get that you can gather up. So it's like there and they did that in an NES engine and then we swap it to whatever engine they use for the final Breath of the Wild game. Wow. If you actually know what you know the history of it, when you hop out that cave at the beginning of Breath of the Wild and you see that world, that is the same energy as that that the the screen opening up of Legend of Zelda, and you're right there in the middle of that screen, and you got four directions that you can go in that one cave right there. It's just letting you know this is where you can explore. Choose your path. Where do you want to go? How do you want to tackle this problem? Breath of the Wild does that same energy. So it's not like these things are new that you're seeing. They are repeated, more refined ideas. Everything is a refined idea. And what makes Ghost kind of just like an outlier is they do things that these games have been doing for the past few years that fixes a lot of those problems. Like your force can't die. Now, in Breath of the Wild, your horse does have a health meter and can be took out. You can revive your horses by finding a horse god, but at the end of the day, your horse can get took out, and that's kind of annoying. You'll have to traverse on foot. Luckily, Breath of the Wild has really good um, on-foot traversal. It's fun because you can literally scale everything that that you can see, as long as it's not fucking raining. As long as it's not raining, we're good. But it's um it's all a design philosophy. All of it is philosophy, which is literally the study of something or, or how the idea is produced. How your thoughts are actually executed. And they all come from somewhere. Some things are old, some things are new. 
And um, actually, this will be perfect because I can cap off Ghost with this. Um, I personally am giving it a 9 out of 10. Even including the, the negatives I spoke about, take that one point off, which is perfectly fine. We can take that one point off, give it a 9, and it's still a classic. You can get the Gen World Black Fist of Approval at any time as long as you do the right thing, baby. But that game does the right thing in many ways. I ain't seen as many niggas platinum in the game ever. I'm working on platinuming the game, and I don't platinum shit officially. Especially, I run my shit offline, so I don't get a lot of trophies like that. But it's like this game, I'm like, fuck that, I'm getting that on my account. Not trying to be the GOAT. But damn it, I'm in the conversation. And when it comes to ghosts being in that conversation, I'm going to be the one to speak about it. But 9, 9, 9 out of 10, 9.0, 9 out of 10, um, Ghost Tsushima, heavy recommend. Buy it, play it, love it, don't leave it. Keep it on your shit. That's that's one I hope it don't get uninstalled, and I think it's going to have some, some extra stuff coming down the pipeline. But, um... Speaking a little bit more about Nintendo, we got some shit to speak about. Um, the Giga Leaks. These leaks. Oh, man. Oh, man. These leaks. Um, L is real. 2401. It was a stone texture that was in the booze courtyard in Mario 64. You get to this courtyard, boom. You see it right there in the middle of the, the fountain to the left. If you got enough stars already, you're going to see the little booze cage that goes to the mansion. Ignore the mansion. We ain't going to worry about that right now. We worried about that stone that's in the middle of the fountain. No one could. It, it, it was illegible. The resolution was too trash. We couldn't read it naturally. And by we, I'm talking me and my grandfather when we were playing the game and my brother because he was there as well. When you look at Mario 64, it already has ominous energy, like there is something else going on in the game rather than what you're seeing. I always felt like that game had deeper energy. And 2401 is a wild number because on, I believe it was, yeah, July 24th and 25th is when these leaks got revealed to us. 24 years and one month after the game, which is Super Mario 64, got released, we have a massive leak of Nintendo information and servers, including internal emails, uncompressed Star Fox 64 lines, um, fucking actual full-blown source codes for the 64 itself. Um, they got source codes for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Um, high quality N64 booklets, Python scripts, everything you could imagine that Nintendo has used to build games and any of their promotional content and everything in between was leaked. They, they bro, they got emails. They found somebody's porn folder, bro. <laughs> they got, they got everything. But say that to say this. 
in the source code, it found out that Luigi was actually planned as a multiplayer mode for Super Mario 64. He was fully coded, he was fully modeled, and we got him, boys. Luigi is actually real. 24 years and one month after the game comes out, Luigi is actually real. Now, that wasn't the only game that got some really dope revelations. Um, on top of that, there was a bunch of things from the NES to the Super Nintendo, um, as well as a little bit later for the GameCube and the Wii. Everything got leaked, bro. I'm talking unfinished to finished games that just didn't get released. I'm talking early designs for the map screen of Yoshi's Island. And in their code, you got the internal code name for Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. It was actually codenamed Super Mario Brothers 5. Shit like that. We got the full development history of these games, the exact release dates finally, because we was all young in the 90s, and if they didn't actually detail that publicly, that information was lost because we were children at that time. So now with this, that's a big-ass puzzle piece that just locked in and cleared that whole picture for us. We now got the exact release dates for a lot of these games, and I'll, I'll put a link to a lot of the repositories. Um, and cause I think like IGN spoke about this as well, but there's been a lot of YouTube videos and everything about it. I just need to add my piece of its importance because this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a historian when it comes to gaming information. I save everything. I got backed up places for everything. I save a lot of shit. Um, this is basically the Holy Grail of video game preservation because a Nintendo servers can get hacked. Nintendo servers can fail. So when it comes to all of this stuff being leaked, let's say it wasn't leaked. Somebody just came through and shut down the fucking servers and, and burnt up the drives. We would have lost all this shit. We don't know how Nintendo has things categorized. Like we have a little bit more insight now because of this. Bro, we have everything i am talking prototypes for zelda 2 which is supposed to be on the super nintendo at first prototypes for mario kart star fox 2 sim city link to the past mario pit cross and then they was going to be doing the um there was this thing called the satellaview on the super nintendo they had this thing called bs zelda and it was like the the stone tablets or something was the official name i don't remember off the top of my head but they were going to be using that engine to remake zelda 2 on the super nintendo so they had two different zelda 2s in development that wasn't going to be on the, on the nes but on the super nintendo and then they stopped all of it and just put it on the nes we got adventure of link there was also a Game Boy Advance port as well for Zelda 2. And they got a tech demo of it. There's a lot of ROMs that are now playable in these emulators we have now of games that just were not released. So these games aren't just like, we don't just have the files. We can play these bitches. And you also have fan modders and fan guys finishing games. And making them in a playable 
releasable state. We got the early, the, like like the early code names for the DS. It was going to be called the Iris, and it was going to be an attachment for the Game Boy Advance at first. What? The Game Boy line was was going to continue, and then the DS functionality was going to be added onto the Game Boy instead of a separate console. But then they said, fuck all that, let's just start from scratch. And they made a new console and added the Game Boy Advance functionality into that. Come on, man. Come on. And that's just like... the fact that we even got that information now. There was a beta for Super Mario 64. There was a beta for Mario Kart 64. The beta for Mario Kart 64 still looked like Mario Kart Super Nintendo. They still had, it, it had that like hard driving ass graphics. Like it looked extremely polygonal, not 64's final release polygonal, but that early, almost like pole position ass. No, not pole position. That's more or less sprites. Not like OutRun either, but literally look up the game Hard Driving. I'll probably cut in some footage here over my voice so that I can actually visualize it for whoever watches this on the video version. Um, but Hard Driving is where my mind goes to when I, when I saw the initial thing for it. Now, you have also early console prototypes such as the iq the 64 nintendo iq um player they got prototypes for that they got prototypes um in private keys for the wii itself the source code for an early demo disc for the wii itself so you know how things looked originally like how the, the, the original store looked how um, they actually developed the channels and all of that stuff for the Wii. We got all how it looked. We got the raw 3D models for Star Fox and Star Fox 2. The Zelda Space World 95 demo, which ended up becoming Ocarina of Time. The early screens of that. Literally everything that they worked on. Down to Super Mario World unused levels my nigga what unused level you want to talk about betas animal crossing wario land 4 dr mario 64 majora's mask wave race some unnamed demos for the 64 f-zero x 1080 snowboarding f-zero maximum velocity on the game boy advance was going to be on the 64. Um, the Aura Zelda, so that was going to be the add-on for the, the N64 DD. We, they had an actual legit beta for that version, which was supposed to be Ocarina 2, like Super Ocarina of Time. It would have been wild. Just the name Aura, U-R-A. Hit me with a definition. You can't, because the shit crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> but man, there's um we got everything, man. Uncompressed Mario and Luigi voice lines, Star Fox 64 uncompressed voice lines. And the early name, the original name for Super Mario 64 was going to be Ultra Mario 64 because it was going to be the Ultra 64. So it was going to be Ultra Mario Brothers instead of just Super Mario 64. It's all so much to take in. It's so much to take in. Talking like there's this is profound journalism and hacking that took place. Hacking first because they had to get in there and do the dirt because this is all dirt. In theory, this is dirty and it is illegal, sadly. But the fact that it's done and we got it. Sorry about that. Um, this is one of the greatest things to happen in gaming history and it won't be felt because it's too new right now. But when it comes to games and how they are built, how they are made, and this is actual insight to, in my opinion, the greatest games ever created, how they were created and their early iteration. This is beautiful. This is so beautiful. And I won't be able to post links for it just because, um, the, the illegal nature, but um, if anybody messaged me, I could point you in the right direction. Um, just reach out to me, and if you want to know more, I can point you in the right direction to physically see this shit. Um, I'll probably be doing more visuals on not where to find the content, but the content itself, just because how I'm getting access to it i'm not going to reveal that because niggas is crazy <laughs> but aside from that man nintendo giga leaks this shit is real this is from the bunker of hand and do itself um this is biblical in a sense because there are some things with numbers that just is otherworldly. And 2401, 24 years and one month later, is too close for comfort. There's something going on here, bro. This is deeper than what we think. This is deep as hell. And there's a reason why we fuck with these games. And this is leading to a reason why we know why, uh, like why. Because that ain't natural. Ella's real 24 I don't care how you feel about nothing. I don't care what religion you follow. I don't care who you believe in, what your practices are in life. Numbers. Doing that shit ain't normal in this realm. Now, it is a normal thing in the grand scheme of all of this shit, spiritually and biblically. It's, it's otherworldly. And it ain't no small feat. Ain't nothing small about this. This is big. This is huge. And I personally love it. And I support it. And I'm going to be doing whatever I can to make sure I further gaming preservation. We want to preserve these things. Gaming preservation is key out this bitch. 
because I'm not going to lose nothing that I bought, including Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You give a fuck what you doing. I'm holding on to my digital copy, you And we got it. I got it. <laughs> Shit. But I'll plead the fifth on anything else on the, the, the particulars. Plead the fifth on the particulars. But aside from that, um, Xbox recently had their press conference finally revealing the games that's going to be on the Xbox One X. Um, Sony had their conference announcing the PlayStation 5. Neither one of these niggas wanted to announce a date or a price, so we still left in the wind on that. Um, starting with PlayStation, they showed off a lot of good games, um, except the one that they started with. And this is just a bigger thing of gaming that I don't like, which is Grand Theft Auto V online. That's the only reason why this game has survived and is on many consoles as it is. That shit released in 2014? I believe Grand Theft Auto V release. When did that? When did that drop? Let's 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 do the accuracy thing because I believe it came out. Damn, I was winning 2013, and this is 2020, and they are talking about releasing the game on PlayStation Five as a launch title. <laughs> Now, it's going to have console enhancements, so stable frame rates, high resolutions, all of that. And they're giving people a million dollars up until the game release. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Okay. It's literally the same game that I played on PlayStation 3, right? With, with, with frame rate enhancements. Why is this at the start of your show? Why is this in the show? Why is it there? Why is it there? Can you answer why it was there? I don't know why it was there. That could have been announced on fucking IGN on in a post or some shit. And the fact that they wasted time talking about that for a second was annoying. But then they got to the grease. And when they got to the actual grease, this is when I personally swapped over. And... It was really cool the kind of stuff that they announced and how they did the event. In between each game, they were showing these really dope renders and stuff. Like visually, it was off the hook. Uh, but they went from there, Grand Theft Auto, to Marvel Spider Spider Man uh, Miles Morales, which we was like, oh shit, we getting Miles. He getting his own game. Um, apparently, it's on only on PS Five. But if he's using that same engine, it should be on PS4 as well. But doubt that they're going to do that. Um, but we got that. Um, they obviously had to announce a new Gran Turismo because that's that. You know that's going to be there um, along with Ridge Racer. I had to say something about that too. Ridge Racer, buddy. As soon as both of these boys announce their games, the Ridge Racer team popping right now. Please believe. Say that they not. Say that the Ridge Racer team ain't working right now. With a capital oh, oh shit. <laughs> Dude, boy, but aside from the racing joints, we got a Ratchet and Clank, a Rift Apart from Insomniac. Um, 
Project Athia, which was, I believe, a, a really, really dope action RPG. It was looking like you can almost like grab the world and pull yourself towards it to hit high speeds towards objects. It looked really cool, but um, I got to keep an eye on that. Um, there was one of these cats. They were showing this world where they were following a bunch of cats with backpacks and shit on. And we was like, oh, Lord, you playing as the cat? Or is it like a human watching for the cat? At the end, they just showed like, no, nah, y'all the cats. It's called Stray. It's from Luminous Productions and... Um, no, no, not Luminous. It's Blue 12 and Anna Pure Herner Interactive. Um, these guys are dropping that. This is coming out in 2021. And it's just going to be a PS5 exclusive. It's called Stray. Um, Returnal from Housemark. Returnal looked like a third-person Doom with bullet hell mechanics in hell. It looked great to me. I was happy. Um, that was really fucking... That was some beautiful, beautiful visceral combat. Now... The next one is like the flip side of that energy. We're getting an actual Sackboy 3D platformer um, from Little Big Planet. So it's called Sackboy A Big Adventure from Sumo Digital, obviously. And, um, yeah, Sackboy A Big Adventure, new platformer coming. Um, that's going to be awesome and very, very cute. That's some cute shit. Um, Destruction All-Stars. It was like a destruction derby game and you can run on foot if you get your car blown up so you can like escape, let your car recharge and then call in another vehicle or like fuck up shit and dodge shit from foot. It was pretty, it looked pretty cool. Um, but it's to be announced. So it's like, it's, we'll see how that looks when that drops. But um, Ember Lab, this one. A few years ago, there was a Majora's Mask um, animation that was released. Uh, very well animated. It looked so beautiful. It was almost photorealistic. And um, if I'm correct, they, they filmed it in live action and then overlaid the 3D models over real life stuff. Um, the guys that made that made this game. Um, Kenna and the Bridge of Spirits. Well, it's just Kenna, semicolon, Bridge of Spirits. Um... But it's done by Ember Lab. It has that same visual energy, almost Pixar quality to it. And it just looks, it look good, man. That one looks good. Um, Kenna, The Bridge of Spirits, Ember Lab, high quality, boss shit. It looked boss. And then the next one, I'm just gonna say the name and then keep it pushing. Uh, goodbye, Volcano High, goodbye. Um, Odd World Soulstorm. Odd World obviously is one of the pillars. Um, I say it's an underrated pillar of gaming. It's a big necessity uh, just because of the themes that it tackles and the actual execution of its story and gameplay. There's always been an addicting thing to it. You've got to save these motherfuckers. Like there's Odd World has been one of those ones. Um that's definitely gonna be here. It's done by them, it's not a new team, it's the odd world team. We on we on bay with that. The next one looks hard as well. Um, initially thought it was a horror game, but it actually turns out to be uh, just a first person action thriller because you got the power to fight back against these. But it's called Ghostwire Tokyo. 
and it looks very good. You're fighting against demons and spirits in Japan, um, present Japan. So it's not like you're back in feudal, like with these goats right here. Yuna and Jin, yes, Lord. But um, this is, they're, they're in feudal Japan. Ghost Wire Tokyo is present day Japan with tech and spirits trying to fuck everything up that it comes across. And you're the only one that could fight back against them. So that looks good. That's our Tango Game Works in Bethesda. Um, Bethesda got a little bit of salt and shake in my soul seeing their name. But they did drop Doom Eternal, and that is in my game of the year. That's in my body conversation. So I'll, I'll let Bethesda slide with this one. We'll I, th I think it's going to be good. Um, now, I don't remember this one, this next one. It's called Jet the Far Shore, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, Jet the Far Shore, it was shown in the press conference. I don't remember it. Um, that's fine. We'll let that slide. Godfall has one of the worst trailers I have ever seen in my life because of the music choice. Mortal Kombat has dropped two trailers with rap music in the past five years, and there's been nothing but backlash. Those songs were good because they were done by actual, like, that energy of rappers. Wiz Khalifa's was weak. I will admit that because Wiz is not a violent rapper. I would have rather hear Game or somebody doing that for Mortal Kombat that can actually make me feel like I'm listening to Death while watching Death. They could have did something better there. But we got 21 Savage for MK11. Brand new Mac 90 with the drum attached. That's all I'll say about that. But Godfall has one of the worst trailers I've seen um, just because it, it, that, that, that was some cringy bars and the rapping was ass. I'm done sitting here trying to give rappers benefits of the doubts when their songs get chosen for these things because I know who's picking the music. It's not actual artists. They just got music that they feel fits the situation. When we listen to it and we listen to what this dude's saying as rappers, come on. You gotta do better because there are nerdcore artists who has actual flow of musical talent and able to, to capture your entire essence with the music and execute. But yet we're seeing these mediocre artists being chosen for these things. That, that song in Godfall's trailer was asshole. It was butt. Care. They weren't good. <laughs> it was not good. And I didn't want to finish watching the trailer because the gameplay looked like God of War mixed with Destiny. It, it looked all right. It, it looked all right. But that music was fucking horrible. That was not it. That music was butt. Um, the next one was Solar Ash. Um, this one I can't remember off the top of my head either. Um, I'll have to go and look at that one again. Um, yeah, I'm trying to go through the mental roller decks and it ain't flipping. It ain't working. Um, but the next one is my personal big dog for this whole thing was Hitman 3. <sighs> Hitman 3, bro. Now, I know Hitman 1, the reboot, it was under Square Enix when it dropped. Um, IO didn't have a choice. They had to go with what Square Enix wanted, which was an episodic format for the game. When Hitman 1 and 2 dropped, this was the plan for them to be. The, they just dropped 
kind of like a story area and have that one be an unlimited mix of puzzles and hunting for Hitman to complete these missions. It was done well in those isolated levels, but the business model makes you want to fight a paraplegic. One-sided fight, just like Robot Chicken, hit the man in the wheelchair because it's like, how you gonna charge me for levels, my nigga? Y'all big dogs. Y'all got money already, bro. Why y'all doing that? That wasn't even Square Enix was foul for that. But after in the middle of Hitman 2's development cycle, IO said, all right, we're done with this shit. We own the IP. We back away from Square Enix. IO retained the rights. They finished developing the rest of Hitman 2, dropped something called the Gold Pack Upgrade, which gave you everything that you didn't already have. And then you were able to experience not only Hitman 2's content, but you can actually play through the entirety of Hitman 1 remake. Not really remake, but reboot. Reboot? Yeah, it's a reboot. Um, but it's everything is still kind of the same. Diana's still there. Um, Hitman still didn't know who he was. And I'm not going to spoil it for those who fuck with the, the the lore of Hitman because there is lore there heavily. Uh, but Hitman 2 story concluded on a beautiful note, almost like a what the fuck you mean, what's next note. And so when they dropped the trailer for Hitman 3, I thought it was DLC for 2 to finish that up. And the trailer just ended it with Hitman 3. I screamed like a baby back bitch. 47 is my dude. So that's my, my pick right there. Um, the next few was more um, Japan side of Sony. Um, they're, they're smaller games that more or less is like a tech demo for the for the PS5. Uh, Astros Playroom and Little Devil. Now I don't remember Little Devil Inside was was an indie game or not. It may have been, but Astros Playroom and Little Devil Inside seem like smaller games. And not that they're bad. I'm an indie advocate. Shovel Knight, Celeste, Grease. What else we can? My friend um, Pedro. There's a couple other, and they're right on the tip of my tongues right now. But I'm an indie game advocate. I, I indie games are where the soul has been in gaming for the past five, six years. The soul has been in the indie games. So both of those, I'm going to hop on, but they're just not the top of the top but i'm i'm with them they on the list they're cool um i don't fuck with 2k i'm not a sports fan uh, especially sports games unless it's like nfl blitz nba jam um nfl street nba street def jam fight for new york for wrestling because that's that's my shit i've never been like a, a real life sports fan i fuck with sports because my grandfather fuck with sports and that's literally it. Every time I play Blitz, I pick the Jaguars because we here in Jacksonville. I don't have, I, I'm, it's some program shit. I know it's some bot shit, but listen to me. I don't fuck with the sports themselves. The games are worse to me because they're predatory on their practices of gambling towards kids. And then you got niggas older than me who are brainwashed into having to buy the game because they think they enjoy it. It's a simulation. That instantly gets me off the table. It's a simulation. When you have a, a sim like Madden, 2K, 
FIFA, they're simulating real life, but the gameplay doesn't match that real life aspect of the game. Now, I know for the past three years, personally, Madden has been broken. My my boys play that shit, um, well played it. I, I don't think they do too much anymore. But um, I just looked into Madden just to see how it's been doing, and apparently it's the worst it's ever been right now. It's in the worst state it has ever been. There are actual plays that ugh, hit them shits. But aside from that, fuck 2K, all of that. That 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 trailer was trash too. Um, now the next game confused me. <laughs> bug snacks. Apparently, you play as like a bug body. Or just like some kind of animal that they created in this universe. And you can attack and rearrange different bug body parts to give yourself abilities to fight even bigger bugs. That's all I got. I don't know what it's about, really. But that's all I got right now. Bug Snacks by Young Horses. That's coming out this year. Um, now the next... Five are haymakers because i ain't see none of these coming these are the ones that was haymakers to me i saw one coming um, that was death loop but those other four demon souls remake resident evil 8 or resident evil village how they want to stylize the name pragmata from capcom so there's two from capcom one for each consecutive year so 2021 and 2022 resident evil 8 pragmata both capcom and then the last one was the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, Horizons Forbidden West. Now, their names speak for themselves. You know what those are. This was all announced by Sony. Now, playing the previous generation and how these games have gone, we got maybe two out of ten that was trash. And they're not even technically trash by game design standards. They're just mediocre in the grand scheme of sony's exclusives they just slightly weak sauce and i will say what those two are the last of us part two and, Go and days gone days gone ain't bad it's just regular as hell <laughs> that's all it is it's um not bad by any means it's just this middle of the road that that's a game you'll forget after playing through and be you'll forget that shit can't forget this. I can't forget Ghost. As hard as I try, I can't forget the game. As hard as I try, I'll never forget it for as long as I live. That's that's on the list. Um, Sensei Ishikawa is my favorite character from Ghost. Just because of his sincerity to his ideologies. He really didn't waver much. He knew what he did was wrong. And he told Jen, don't follow my path. But nigga, I'm me. <laughs> I fucked with the sensei. That was the, that was my one. But um, enough of that. That was Sony's games that they dropping. And then, like I said, they didn't drop nothing about the console except the how it looked in the controller design. Um, the SSD bullshit. We know that that, that is just going to give you really increased access to data speeds it's not going to increase the fidelity 
of frame rates and resolution and shit like that. We'll just be able to access things faster. So it'll cut down on load times. It'll cut down on texture loading. Um, but that's just how we know how SSDs work. They're not moving parts. It's, it's flash memory. Um, that's Sony side of the convo. That was a great conference. It was only what, like three games that I didn't remember out of 25, 26. That's hard. That's a good show. Xboxes. I know, I get what they're trying to do. I get it. But everybody doesn't get it. And that's where they're they're fucking up slightly. The fact that don't no one know what's really going on in this all speculation, and a few of us have been spot on, and we know what's going on, what they're doing, because we can read between the lines of tech. We know that these guys are trying to build a cloud system with Azure and have a migration of all of their data to be hosted on these Azure servers. That is playing into what they're doing on Xbox. Um, they're trying to make the console a cloud console that will allow you to run all of your games. Now, the cloud itself, in my opinion, is what is going to be the Xbox uh, One or the Xbox Series X. This entire generation is just being branded as Xbox. So if they're making it to where you can play your games on your phone, they're making it to where you can play games on your tablet, on your computer, through Steam. Remember I said that? Steam. Because um, I got something from our snitch I'm not going to out him, but there is a rumor that the Xbox console may be a Steam box. If you have a console that can not only play your exclusives, but full-blown PC games on your living room. That might be one of the ones, but they ain't say nothing about that, though. We just know that by filling in the blanks with our own kind of ideology there. Now, we have access to the Game Pass. Every game that Xbox showed was going to be available day one, day and date, day and date, going to be available on the Xbox Game Pass day one for $15, I believe, that the service is. It's $1 for your first try, and then after that, it's $15 a month. Before I speak on my opinions, let's state the facts. Halo Infinite, State of Decay 3, Forza Motorsports, Everwild, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, The Outer Worlds is coming. There's this new game called Grounded. I don't give a fuck about that. Um, there was another one called As Dust Falls. Um, and Psychonauts 2. Senua Saga Hellblade 2. Um, Senua, um, Senua Sacrifice, the first Hellblade. It's one of the greatest underrated games ever dropped. 
theoretically that was indie before Microsoft bought the studio. And now that Microsoft bought the studio, they can turn that bitch into a tech demo of heavenly blade proportions. We'll see. But um Destiny 2, Stalker 2, Warhammer 4000 Dark Tide, which is following um Vermintide. So it's going to be kind of more high tech. Tetris Effect, The Gunk, The Medium, Crossfire X, and uh, Fable Reboot. All of these games are going to be available day and date with the Game Pass on the on the service, and also available on the X Cloud, allowing you to play them everywhere that xCloud is runnable. If you can run xCloud, you can run all these games. If you have the game pass, it all works together. It's all a flow. There's one problem. They didn't say shit about the console. And they're not telling that Microsoft isn't telling them what our personal projections. They're not. They're not confirming or denying anything. And I think that that's going to lead to a situation like the Xbox One when it first launched. They wanted it to be this media console that had DRM for the games, so you couldn't buy used games. That happened for real. I was working as a lowly GameStop game advisor at the time. And I witnessed it. We had conferences and we had updates before shit drops and hit the streets. The original Xbox One X was slated to be a console that was supposed to be a media device. It still even has an extra HDMI port so you can plug a cable box or an, another console into it and view it through the Xbox as like a second input. They wanted the Xbox to be the ultimate media device. What is the, the Xbox Series X going to be that they haven't said yet? Could it be that Steambox idea to where you not only get access to the console ecosystem, but they're making it to where they're bringing the PC ecosystem to consoles? They could win everything with that in my personal opinion they would shit on Sony with that as a matter of fact but that one problem kicks in as soon as I say that don't nobody know that that's not knowledge that is being talked about on IGN don't nobody know that shit Microsoft ain't saying that shit I work in IT so we know that there are server migrations going on, major server migrations going on in the background. We noted, we know that there is work being done on Microsoft side to build the cloud server for X cloud, whatever that name is going to be. If that stays X cloud, I'm cool with it, but I know that that's not the final name. Where are they going to go? We don't know. We can only speculate. That is a 
problem. The fact that we don't have no concrete look at anything. Halo Infinite is muddy because that's running on PC, not the console that they say that they're releasing. But let's say that the console that they are releasing is a PC. Then that's running on the console, but we don't know that. That's a problem. So I believe that Microsoft needs to come out and say what more of their plans are instead of what they're planning to 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 announce they're just planning to say things like microsoft now has announced that they are planning to buy tiktok and it'll be um, official by september 25th but how did you get to that decision i don't trust that i'm team gaming i love all you niggas every single one of you and that's how I'm comfortable with talking my shit because I got all y'all niggas. I'm looking at every controller I got right now. We got the PS4 controller right here. I got an 8-bit Doe 3038 right here. This is the Super Nintendo joint. All black at all times. All my controllers are black. You know what it is. I got the Xbox One Elite joint. Oculus Touch controllers, nigga. I really do this. Now, with all of that said, the next generation is going to be an interesting one because I'm not jumping in deep first. I'm watching y'all niggas. And then I'm gonna say what I'm, I'm. I'm gonna see where I'm gonna go. I'm sticking with this PC. I'm sticking with this Switch, and I'm gonna stick with this 8-bit Doe 30 plus. Because 8-bit Doe is the shit when it comes to controller designs. And I got this bad boy right here, which I recommend anyone get if they're on PlayStation 4 and they like using other controllers. The Magic S. If you can see it. It is a USB dongle. It's like 20 bucks. And this is allows you to use basically any major controller, including the SN30, on the PlayStation 4. Any controller that you can imagine, it can use it on the PlayStation 4. Um, that is a beneficial piece of technology to me because it will allow you to switch up like only reason like in PS4 exclusives, you might have to use the PS4 controller because that touchpad may be integrated with the gameplay. In Ghost, you got four directions. You can swipe on the touchpad and you got to press it to hit your, your listening mode to crawl down. It's vital. But me in Duel, where you ain't, you don't have to touch the swipe pad at all, I'm switching to this SN30 Pro and I'm getting it in because this bitch got some of the night. It feels good in you. It feels good in your hands. This controller works, and I got some hands with all capital letters. These are this is a hand, and this controller fits it perfectly. It feels good, but that's neither here nor there. I could talk more about controllers at another time. Um, from there. Uh, we know that the world is in turmoil right now. There are things on fire. People getting fucked up. 
globally. Um, just prepare. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best at all times. Um, stay safe. Keep food in your house. Stock up on water, food, um, your medicines, your medicinal supplies. Um, stock up on what you need, man. Um, these games, they're going to be here. Spend your money wisely. Enjoy your time with your family. Cherish those around you, especially if they treat you right. And man, just keep it pushing. Stay positive. Drink a shit ton, copious amounts of water. Stay hydrated at all times. Please do. Get you one of these if need be, if you need help staying on track. Get you one of these because this bad boy, it breaks down, tells me good morning, and it'll let me know I did it by, I did it by the night. It'll let me know. Get you one of these. Get you some, some hydration. Um, aside from that, I think that's all I wanted to speak about today. Um, I'm personally doing okay. We got some trials and tribulations going on, just like every human has to face. But damn it, we will overcome and persevere. <laughs> all capital letters. Perseverance. That's been the Super Gym World Podcast. Once again, this is episode six. And um, keep your energy, though. Fuck Keep it up. Love you. Peace.